fellow nerds and ne'er-do-wells. I'm AJ, and welcome back to the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of improvised fantasy, fuck nuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and seek a glorious death. Right, before we get going, I'm duty-bound to remind you that the content from here on in is not suitable for little ears. What follows is mostly improvised and entirely inappropriate. Listener discretion, as always, is advised. This week, I am, of course, joined by the usual crew of abject depravity. First up, this week, we have a man who likes to spend his spare time filling out his cloaca-themed coloring-in book. It's Matt Durant. Hey, I'm up to page seven. Do you ever color outside of the rim? Or do you always like stay inside the rim in your coloring in book? You have to get started with a nice... It, it, it helps to, to go outward in, I find. No, oh. no, oh, there you go. Ba- vaguely gestures in shape of cloaca. It always like a nice background. It's like a clock in a park and a clock on a mountaintop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the nicest bit. Yeah. I don't like the um, abstract ones where it's like just a clock in space or <laughs> diamonds or. It's just completely black. You just, you're in the clock. Yeah, there's a black hole in the cloaca. Yeah, yeah. I just imagine if we look to Matt Durant's coloring in kit, his brown pencil will be down to the nub. <laughs> <laughs> Right, next up, we have the king of Tinta de Verano himself. It's Mr. Chris Rag. I actually had to fucking Google where Tinta de Verano was because of you, Chris Rag. It's a common man's drink. Common man's drink. A working man's drink. It's not a common man's drink. I had, to, I had to look on the Googles to work out where it was after you slipped it into conversation the other week. I think anything with lemon fanta and red wine is not a classy drink, but yeah, I, I dig it. <laughs> All right. Maybe it could be the cocktail of choice for us. Next up, we have a man who spent so long strumming away this Valentine's that his fingers bled. It can only be Lewis Button. Oh, wow. A weird way to introduce me this week. Wow. That was That's all right. I thought it was topical. You've been on tour strumming. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. Moving on. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah. It's, uh... No. No. In case, in case you didn't know, Lewis, the intro section is where AJ likes to tear up his own jokes and then explain his jokes. Yeah. Thank you very much. Catch me up with, is this thing on? <laughs> Don't you just hate it when AJ's type five is close? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right. Fine. Fine. Someone's not going to get a Valentine's card next year. It's fine. I didn't get one this year. Right. <laughs> Look what, harder. What time Look did you get your Valentine's Day card? Oh, fuck. <laughs> what, what time see, did you get See, AJ, take notes. That's how you set up a punchline, okay? Now, we all know <laughs> you've done listeners. fucked up. <laughs> she set it up beautiful. Shit, listeners. I got it at the... Because, the, the, because was it... Was the it usual after, time. Was it after 10.30 a.m. when you had already opened your Valentine's Day presents? Wait a minute. And then you had to go and pick up a Valentine's Day card? Wait a minute. Day? It was tactical... I waited until Paper Chase went into administration and then they sold all of their Valentine's cards for 50p. Just this it week. was tactical, listeners. It was tactical. Watching the markets. Man, yeah. Man's never been tactical in his life. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> all right, there you go. I'm surprised I'm, I'm not coming off very well this week. He's been an oppressor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and now a tight Not even a very good one. <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's just hurtful, listeners. And... Last but not least, we have 
Oh, no, it's not even last. I've, I've, no, no. Next up, wow. we have a lady wow. who openly admits to hissing at children and the elderly in public. It can only be Chanel Williams. Have you got anything else to say against me whilst we're no. character assassinating me? <laughs> I, uh, I'm building it off the air. It's fine. Okay, okay. And of course, last but not least, sorry, I nearly forgot this man. We have the man who single-handedly redefined the concept of being a woke millennial thirst trap. Yes, it's never going away. It's Chris Neal. You're the only person that, not only the only person that uses that phrase, but also the only person that has ever called me that. What, a woke millennial thirst trap? No one's ever called me a thirst trap. Frantically Googling Gen Z things that they say. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) Smushing them all into one phrase. I'm doing good, thank you. Uh, How are you? How are you doing? Better by the minute. Better by the minute. Okay. Two things before we get going. Two things that we need to talk about. First of all, Uncle Mike, our patron, listened last week and discerned that Mr. Neil has never eaten a kebab before and happily donated us 40 British pounds to take Chris Neil out for a kebab. So, boys and girls, we have to go out for a social. I think the only way you can appropriately eat a kebab is after a few tinted Ranos. So... We're going to have to go and get a few drinks. Thank you, Uncle Mike. Love you, Uncle Mike. Thank you, Uncle Mike. Thank you. Right. We're never going to finish the fucking housekeeping at this rate. We have a winner to our fucking T-shirt competition. Congratulations to Margaret Clarkson from Whitby. After a massive process of trying to give the T-shirt to other people and them never replying, you have won. You weren't our first choice. You weren't even our second choice. But you are our third choice, Margaret. So well done. I've already contacted you, in fact. Your T-shirt's in the post, Margaret. Well done. Well done, default Margaret. <laughs> yeah, well done well done for defaulting on a competition, Margaret. And actually, Margaret, if we're being honest, you contacted me and said you didn't want the T-shirt, but you thought your husband might. So that's, that's actually genuinely true. Shout out to it, B. Fucking hell. Margaret's husband, if you are listening to this in the future in Whitby, congratulations. (laughs) You're technically our fourth choice. Our third choice was Margaret. She chose you. So uh, there you go. Congratulations, Margaret's husband. There you go. Competition went well. This guy's definitely in the actual AA, isn't he? She thinks she's getting rid of an AA top. It's like, a hike, it's like a hiking group within AA. Congrats, congrats on being five years sober. Here's the D&D t-shirt. Congrats yeah. on being five years sober. Okay, is everyone ready for a recap? Yes. Right, here we go with a recap, because I know you've been away for a few weeks, Lewis, and we'll fill you in with whatever we can. Last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, they were wrapping up a fine three-course meal with the aristocratic family who had offered them shelter the Wixleys, only managing a mild smattering of social faux pas along the way. Whilst the diners enjoyed the culinary delights on show, Tatty found himself waking up groggily, strapped to a chair in an underground workshop. As his vision slowly reformed amidst a crippling migraine, he discerned that he had been kidnapped by the Wixleys' daughter, who, also in a cruel twist of fate, turned out to be none other than Tatty's all-time favourite masked vigilante, the Bumblebee. After a few grumps and groans, the pair managed to come to an accord and became aligned on the fact that they both had unfinished work to see through on the stank vineyard estate. 
dinner. Having been wrapped up, the rest of the players opted not to go to bed, but instead wander around the servants' quarters and join in a Kaylee, which was just starting to kick off in a room underneath the manor. Belsiar used what little spontaneity he could muster and decided that the only way he could comfortably folk dance was if he double-dropped the mysterious narcotics he had been given the episode before. And so it is we came to one of the finest moments in the Adventurer's Anonymous cinematic universe to date, as Belsiar collapsed at the centre of the dance floor, foaming at the mouth high on drugs. Hanash, pausing to snatch up an EpiPen that he had been handed to him, using all of his might to slam it into the breastbone of the crocoborn. A howl and a scream rent the very air, as it transpired that Picato had somehow become transfixed on the needle that had also simultaneously saved. Belsiar's life, reviving him from his self-administered narcotic paralysis, Tati rejoining the party just in time to witness these events. What followed was a night of backslapping and merriment as the party drank on, Belsiar included, because rest is for the weak. Cometh the morning, cometh the hangover. The party woke up in varying degrees of brokenness and proceeded to eat a hurried breakfast before being reunited via Tati with the bumblebee where they endeavoured to lay out their plans of action to free the servants at the Stank Vineyard Estate. And that is where we will pick up this week's episode. Does any of that make any sense to you, Lewis? Oh, no, it was all gibberish to me. Um, can you tell me five, five words or less and um, what we're trying to achieve? Five words or less. Uh, say goodbye to John T. No. You need to leave the whiny masturbator with the heart. Free, free slaves. Uh, free slaves. Kill rich, get money. Huh, That's sick. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Okay. I gave him that harp, didn't I? I gave away my harp last time. You gave away your harp, yeah. And then you had dinner with him. And um, whilst you were away, I want to say Chris or Matt, I can't remember, one of them, decided to use your command spell to get John T to abstain. <laughs> Uh, and the brilliant. results were disgusting. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with command last time, so that that checks out. That checks out. Fantastic. He started leaking. He got a bit backlogged and started leaking. Yeah. Um. Right. Was he crying? Come or was he snotting? Come. I remember. Uh, it was dribbling out of his nose. I think <laughs> it grossed me out tremendously. Yeah. <laughs> I must have a weeped jizz. Chris Chris Rag's done a lot of therapy in the last in the last <laughs> week or so to be able to even talk about this <laughs> without crying. Can't about crying semen. Nope. Uh, nope. Salty tears. Just, just regular tears. <laughs> regular salty tears. <laughs> so, you. So, all of you find yourself Whoa. in the underground Whoa. layer underneath Whoa. Wixley Manor. Well, hold on. I don't think we'll get our sponsorship again if we don't shout out the sponsors. Oh, yes. Not our actual sponsors who we're currently in negotiations with. Yeah, I don't sponsors. Know yes, go on then. I who only are, get the who ones are that our sponsors? I got sent this this week and I've been told specifically they paid extra to do the voice. So I have to do the voice, which is... <laughs> <laughs> are you sick of a cold sausage? Me too. That's why you should reach out to Samuel and Sons Sausage Pocket. Great for picnics or a day out with the kids. Pocket Sausage. Available on a website near you today. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, okay. <laughs> Pocket sausage. Can I ask? Can, I, can you expand? Please do. You, you kind of alternated between sausage pocket and pocket sausage, so now I'm confused because it sounds like trading names. Trading names, mate. I don't make that. You think I should make this up? I get sent this. 
<laughs> Titan of industry. Does does pocket sausage also does it also come in mini versions? Do you get pocket sausage rolls? I've heard that the, um, cocktail, the small print small print says that they're working on bratwurst for the festive period, but um, who knows? You know, in this economy, who used to say? I, lo- I love the curry verse in my pocket. Yeah, which <laughs> pocket sausage. I think it's more of something you put on it, is what I've envisioned. You know, like a cocktail sausage holder. <laughs> you know, good for the kids. Yeah, good for the kids. Stand by it. Is this front pocket or back pocket? <laughs> I, I'm not sure I understand the question. <laughs> okay. Do you just slip it in when you're popping out? Yeah, good. It keeps it, it warm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. how to keep your... Okay. Oh, I thought this was just normal sausages, branded as sausages that you can keep in your pocket for a snack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Using your own body warmth to cook it. Yeah, like a, like a warmer. You we've, know. All, we've all done that, haven't we? <laughs> like when you tuck one in your sock? Yeah. Before oh, popping out? Yeah. Once again, that sounds like a uh, boarding school euphemism from you, but yeah. yeah. I don't know what you mean. Don't know what you mean. We all took our sausages and our socks. Ugh. All right, moving on. Go on, AJ, sorry, as you were. Moving on. All of you find yourself in the bumblebees layer, which is like a little kind of like laboratory-style vigilante room underneath the manor. Having been taken there by Tatty, you see the bumblebee in her yellow and black striped vigilante outfit. And in the corner, chained to a wall, you see Drone, her horse, who's wickering and neighing as the as Drone chews on some hay as you see in front of you on the cold stone walls an array of various weaponry on one wall there's all sorts of sharpened metal looking hideous devices and a small chemical laboratory where you see conical flasks and test tubes and petri dishes full of different chemicals as to one side you see the bumblebee staring at a cork board with various pins and Red cords pointing to different diagrams. As as you arrive, she sees you and turns around and welcomes you in. I say, sup, honey badger. <laughs> oh, you haven't changed one bit, have you? <laughs> nope. I'm going to shit in somewhere here that you can't find. The only place in the manor that they can't clean. <laughs> it's hard to keep down a vigilante status if you have your parents clean it. How difficult it must be. So the little man tells me that we're going to go to Stank Manor. Do you have a plan? I'm going to point at the at the cork board. <laughs> she ushers you over to the cork board and says, How much research have you done on the Stanks? I've drank a lot of wine. I see, yes. Well, they, 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 they do own a vineyard estate, it is true. Now, the Stanks, or the contemporaries of my parents, are not good estate owners. They own a vineyard, and the staff they use are not well treated. Some would um, say they're not even paid. Now, I have devoted my adult life to the pursuit of justice and liberty, and I have waited for my opportunity to topple the Stank estate. <laughs> and so here you come. Maybe you could be of use to me. Your friend here, and she points to Tatty, has agreed to be my sidekick. <laughs> I don't think we used those words. I think we, oh, I, I think think we said we'd work together as a group, as a cohesive unit. What's your nickname, little bitch? <laughs> 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 I don't 
don't think we have fully agreed on that. We're not big on research. They call me the thunder from down under. <laughs> so she says, have you done any research at all on the Stank Estate? No. Okay. The Stank Estate is a vineyard that is on the edge of a river delta, not five miles from here. It is a large, stately home, and on the banks off the back of the stately home is a vineyard that grows grapes. Those grapes are tended to by goblins. Those goblins, ill-treated, live underneath the manor, in a hovel, where they are beaten and tortured. Now, I have, you might be interested to know, a blueprint of said hovel underneath the manor. And maybe we could plan some sort of ambush. So just to get a just yes. to get an idea of what your what your objective is, um you wanna free the workers that, to be clear, are being kept as slaves. Um and do you wanna just leave do, once the once the workers are freed, are you just gonna leave the rest of the the manor as it stands, or are you gonna? Are you more of a burn it down, eat the rich kind of kind of vigilante? Well, the various stanks are culpable in their own way. How familiar are you with the stank family? Zero research. Lots of wine. You've done zero research into a family you wish to topple. Well, as she reaches over to the board and pulls a dagger out of the corkboard and hands you a piece of parchment that is the yes. Stank family tree. Is it, is it coming in chat? Okay. Is there a picture for this? Share with you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how much above and beyond I've gone? You have no concept. As she hands you the Stank family tree... <laughs> and she's like, well, at least one of us has done some fucking research into the stanks. Here are the stanks. It's like the family that Trevor kills in the first start of GTA. Stank <laughs> <laughs> does look a lot like Trevor from GTA. <laughs> and she's like, the stank family tree looks as this. Right, listeners, you'll never get to see this. Only our patrons will ever get to see this, because I've wasted an inordinate amount of time on this, and only our patrons will ever get to see this. There is <laughs> Mama and Papa, Silas Stank, a nasty drinker, <laughs> who started the vineyard many years ago with his wife, Cecilia Stank. Look at that forehead. Yes. How much crack has she had? Yeah, she fully looks like a healer. She's she's got like blue teeth. She she got no teeth. Silas and Cecilia birthed two natural children. A Lionel Stank, who runs the vineyard on behalf of his father, now that his father likes to spend his days relaxing. And Enid Stank, who well, let's just say Enid Stank is a lady of leisure who has never knowingly done a day's work a day in her life. And do you see that frosty look on her face? Well, yes. She is a woman bitter in nature. And then, of course, and there teeny, is... Teeny, tiny little nostrils. Yes, teeny, teeny, <laughs> tiny little, little nostrils. And then, of course, there's Queenie Stank. Somehow Lionel Stank managed to muster up <laughs> enough about him to marry from outside of his own gene pool. And... Wedded Queenie Stank, who... I mean, Jury, well, looking at these photos, Jury's still out. She's pretty devastated. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't look that happy. Well, as you can see, 
That is currently the state of the stanks. Silas and Cecilia wander around the manor grounds. Enid, well, Enid is a is a blight on the fucking countryside. And Lionel, well, he's the nasty piece of work, inheriting his father's moustache. He rules the vineyard with an iron fucking fist. So now you know. Is he inheriting his father's hairline? Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? Well, when you have that much money, little man, I'm pretty sure you can pay for um, follicle surgery. Mm. I don't think that's really his hair. Possibly a toupee. <laughs> what are they saying security-wise? Have they got, like, their own, like, militia? Have they got, like, what, what, what's oh, the I'm glad you asked. <laughs> they have. Do you know a periton? Do you know what a periton is? A peloton. They have a bike? No, not a peloton. <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter, little one. <laughs> no, a periton. A periton is like a giant eagle with the head of a stag. Wicked razor-sharp horns on the body of a giant eagle that flies above the estate. Now, rumor has it that they don't really feed the periton. It snacks on little goblins that try to flee the estate. If any of the goblins stray outside of the boundaries of the vineyard, the periton knows to swoop down, snatch them up, and bring them back to his hilltop ire, where he nests. So, now that you have seen the state of Silas's hairline, will you join me? Yeah. I mean, it looks like, from, you know, looking at the family tree, at least four out of five of the of the stanks uh, seem like they could just go in the ground, to be fair. Um, the jury's still out on Queenie, whether, she, whether she's uh, like her husband, Lionel. Um, anything else in terms of security? Do you know if they have, like, hired well, enforcers or anything? Like, I'm not 100% sure, but we should probably do some kind of recce. What I can tell you, if you look at the floor plan of the underground layer underneath Stank Manor, you can see that through various arrangements and spies, I've managed to pull back various information. As you can see from the map, I have numbered the rooms for you. Now, one, two, three, and four, I am well aware of. One being the entranceway into the underground servants' layer. Four being the dining hall. Two being the living quarters Three being the latrine. Now, five, six, and seven, I have no idea what they are. We will have to find out. Um, can I do, like, a investigation of, like, is it just one room that we're in, or is it, like, multiple little rooms in this? Where you are at the moment yeah. in her layer? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can do a little investigation. Yeah, go for it. Roll me an investigation. Cool. Oh, you can get your character sheet up, and then you can, and then you can <sighs> see. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, eight. Eight. Uh, while she's doing this little presentation, everyone's enraptured, uh, giggling about the state of the Stank family tree. As you wander around at the back looking for little cubby holes, uh, at one point you rub your hand up against the wall and there's a clunk-click as part of the rock pushes back in as a stone door rolls back. <laughs> you find the ensuite toilet in her laboratory, as you see a little mirror, a toilet with a wooden seat, and some <laughs> cosmetics on a little shelf. Yeah, that won't do. It's just like the Robert, Robert Pattinson Batman. Like, in terms of cosmetics, all there is is, like, 
grease paint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just grease paint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just open it and the bar starts playing, and you close it and it stops. Open it up. <laughs> There's two shades of lipstick, yellow and black, and that is it. <laughs> the toilet brush is also like a stinger from a wasp. Nope. Uh, nope. Yeah. From a bee, sorry. There you go. I get my insights right. There you go. So she's fully briefed you. She says, oh, it is early morning. What would you like to do? We have all day to recce the skank, skank estate? No, the stank estate. We can- I think um, I think a, a recce sounds like a good idea. We could scout around this estate on the outskirts, see what kind of security we're dealing with. Can we, I'm going to like gesture to some of the weapons and stuff that she's got on the wall and like the chemical lab. Can we avail ourselves of your supplies? She looks at you, looks at her life's work on a pin board, looks back at the weapons and chemicals (laughs) and says, swear to me that we are a team. It means singing the Spice Girls to become one. (laughs) Oh, you have to kiss passionately. Them's the rules. We're 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 a team. You know, you were... We're a team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're a team. Like, there's no... Like, we're not gonna... We're not gonna double-cross you or anything like that. We hate the... Oh. We hate the... We hate the rich and the land-owning class. Probably more than you do. Um, so as long as your interests are in freeing the... Freeing the workers, we're gonna get along like a house on fire, which is a hint at what we may do to the Stank Estate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As she walks over to, to Maud, she's like, do you work well with other women? Or is this going to get territorial? Wow. Um, I, I feel that really this, this doesn't need any kind of conversation. I think I'd like to just... Shit on her. Slowly growl, very low growl, and that, that should be enough. You know, quite a guttural growl. That should be enough. Um, but as I'm doing this, as I, I'm now aware that we are leaving, we are moving, I would like to start filling my pockets and under my turban with the leftover breakfast supplies. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you're just snaffling up bits of food and snacks that you find lying around. One of the interesting things you do find, this lady, she's, she's, she's the Bear grills of the vigilante world. She comes from money and she wants for nothing. <laughs> As you see a stash of, much like all great explorers, she has a fucking metric shit ton of Kendall mint cake and other high-protein snacks for stakeouts. As, um, yeah, you, you take like like a kilo of Kendall mint cake and a whole bandolier of protein snacks. I, I don't want her to think that I'm unfriendly, but also I don't want her to think that I'm friendly. Like, it's not a her issue, it's just an everyone issue. Yeah. Okay. You know, you can sit on that fence. She looks at Maud, who hisses at her and then goes off unsubtly, a bit like a teenager in a, in a, in a newsagent stealing sweets. Like, everyone knows what's happening, but she accepts it. Um... The bumblebee walks over to um, Aristobulus and is like, "Is she always like that? Did she just not? Did she just fully not answer my question at all?" And then she walked up to two separate people and started talking. <laughs> you got blanked. Well, 
she looks at Tati. She's like, avail yourself of whatever you want, but it is your responsibility. If you blow yourself up, it is on yourself. Sweet. <laughs> as she walks back to Aristobulus and is like, as I was saying, I'm getting weird vibes off the woman, tiefling, lady <laughs> thing. That's just how she is. Uh, it helps if you're quite inebriated the whole time, to be honest. Uh, uh, is this a real I, bumblebee? Is it? What is this? <laughs> I'm not a real bumblebee, you dimwit. I'm a lady. How many bumblebees do you see dressed in leather? <laughs> You've been reading my diary. <laughs> <laughs> she looks at you and she says, you look like a straight shooter anyway, so I'm looking forward to working with you. <laughs> Tati, whilst you're doing whatever you're doing, she walks over to you, Hanash, and is like, I see you are the brawn of this operation. The muscle, the tank. <laughs> there it is. Uh, that's the killer instinct <laughs> she slams something into your chest as you look down you see a stick of dynamite as she's like buckle up pull your socks up you never know when a bit of boom boom <laughs> might come in handy oh, I'm always down to boom boom and I take, I take the boom boom <laughs> yeah she gives you a stick of dynamite and is like only light this in emergencies I guess get my lighter and <laughs> This conversation got very awkward. I think that's an emergency. I need a way out. I can't see the exit. Does this wall lead to the outside? Is this a, a load-bearing wall? It's like leaning against it. When she goes to a next person, can I take the, you know, her life's work, can I take, like, the rope off? And you know, like, when people, like, kind of do tricks, like, with their hands and try and, like, make, like, figures of eight with it. I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll like Cat's that. Cradle. So you want to fuck up her life's work on a on a cork? Just a, just a string. Just a string. Yeah, I just want to. Oh, just the connections. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, as you go, you go and jumble them up. She hasn't noticed. As she walks up to Belsia, she's like, "Welcome to the team." Thanks. Um, you got any like cool honey grenades or bee themed? Uh, like a like a cool knife, and you call it the stinger, and it's got poison on it. No. Can I trust you? Absolutely. You can trust all of us. She reaches into a side pocket and pulls out a test tube of clear liquid with a little cork in the top and hands it to you and says, this is acid. Use it very, very, very carefully. But it's not bee-themed. It's not honey acid. (laughs) I wanted something bee-themed. This was all. She takes the vial of acid away that she was going to hand you. She puts it back in her side pocket. She reaches around, pats herself down, pulls something out of her pocket, looks down at you, and hands you a ninja throwing star, which has a little bee emblem on it. And it's like, that's Fine. what I wanted. You now, you now have like a shuriken throwing star with a bee emblazoned, like etched into it. Does it have magic powers where you have to talk in a Mancunian accent? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even dream of doing a Mancunian accent. I wouldn't. I don't ship where I eat. You have to be outside of about fifty miles of Sheffield for me to do a, a parody accent of you. Um, Asking. That's why you'll never see me doing a Sean Bean accent. Um, Right. There you go. Now that you've all, in various ways, ruined this lady's life. Can I... um, 
Are you all? Can I ask her about um, the um, the tranquilizer that she used <laughs> on me? See if I can put some on a couple of arrows. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. So, you what you're asking her? Where does she get it from? Or I'm can you have some? If, if I can use some, I, I, I mean, I assume we can see the chemicals and stuff. But like, I want to say, can can I the the whatever the poison was that you used on me, in case we need a non-lethal approach for um, for downing some of these guards, can I uh, okay. can I steal some of your tranquilizer yes. to put on some of my arrows? Absolutely. That's a very sensible idea. As she walks you into the ensuite toilet, opens up the medicine cabinet, moves some of the cosmetics to one side and just pulls out a little green bottle with a skull and crossbones on it. Um, as she's like, well, here, here you go. I have plenty of it. I make my own. Cool. Thank you. It's very much. I use peyote. It's what? Peyote. Cool. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I was tripping balls last night. There we go. Uh, she's like, just be careful. Just a few little drops will knock out anything. Keep going. Too much, you will kill them. Okay. So, you know, just a couple of drops on a hanky will do it. Or maybe one drop in the jugular. But um, don't get fruity. You know, don't mix it in cocktails. Uh, you know, anyway. As she's like, there you go, have at that. Right, you motley crew. Are you ready? Shall we go? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, now we have the awkward moment. I need to leave out of my secret entrance. You need to go back through the house and say goodbye to Mama and Papa. And, um... Haven't they already left? They told yeah, us goodbye. Yeah, they, they, they were leaving, uh, and we already said goodbye. I mean, we can leave that way if you want. It's just... I think we should go with her to the secret entrance. I'm really noticing. I want a house tour. You, you, you want the secret entrance. Okay. As she gathers drone, her horse, she puts a load of supplies on the back of the horse. Um, she goes over to where her supply of Kendall mint cake and protein bars was and just, you see her just sag and sigh, uh, as there's a mountain of food missing as she loads up a few bits and pieces and makes her way to the back of the passageway where she unhooks drone as she walks to you, Tatty. She's like, well, this place is five miles away. How are you planning on uh, getting there? Do you have transport? Uh, well, I mean, we kind of caught a lift here with your mom. Uh, <laughs> so we can, we, can, we can walk um, <laughs> or... I mean, we could take, we could, I mean, you know, it's kind of like gun to my head right now, but we could take a carriage. I mean, we could do. My parents don't know my identity, but okay. Um, as you go out the secret door, you see there's one of those ancient metal lifts as you all get in the lift with the horse. Uh, it's got like a pulley crank on it as she sits there grinding the crank handle with a like, as the lift slowly rises up as you see the top of the shaft light brighter like gets brighter and brighter as you come up in the middle of the greenhouse at the end of the garden um horse and all of you stepping out to the end of the garden you see this derelict greenhouse the the end of the grounds various goblins tending plants and flowers as you see the veranda some of you were sitting on only earlier that day, 
in the conservatory at the back of the halls. And she's like, is there anything else? I'm good to go. Do we have all of our animals with us? Just check in. As you look around for Marvin, Marvin hasn't particularly left Hanash's side since um, Lord Wixley paid Hanash a massive wad of cash in the last episode. Marvin has been very close to Hanash. It's like a sugar daddy. Strange and well. And Barbara? Barbara's with us. Yeah. Barbara never leaves you. Um, yeah, as you make your way round the edge of the garden. You make your way round to the coach house on the side of the estate. You can see the building with light coming from inside. The carriage parked out front. I'm going to look at the bumblebee and say, are we, taking the, are we taking the carriage? I mean, you've got a horse. I'm quite happy to walk if... Well, I think if we walk five miles, this is going to drag on a little bit. I'm getting in the carriage. I'm getting in. I'm driving. <laughs> As you make your way, you see the carriage is all fully decked out, uh, horses all ready to go. Um, George, is it Charles? Charles, even the driver is always ready at any, at any given moment. Charles is ready to take the family. Uh, as you all pile into the carriage, you see the bumblebee on drone standing next to you. Who's driving the carriage? Me. Are we stealing this carriage or are we borrowing this carriage? Who gives a fuck? I'm driving. Let's go. I don't know. I think I think Charles is still Charles is still here, so you can still, you know. Yeah. Um Let me worry about that. You hear a whistling coming from the coach house. Clearly Charles is not far away. Oh, okay. Yeah. How about this? If Charles can catch us, Charles can have the fucking carriage back. How about that? But I don't think he will. <laughs> He's a little bitch. All of you make me a stealth check, first of all, to see how how aptly you can steal a horse and carriage. And Oh, no. I'm quite happy causing a diversion if I need to. <laughs> You've got dynamite, right? <laughs> I got an 11. 13. I got a 14. 6. 4. 4. Okay, okay. <laughs> As you start getting in and climbing the door and loading up the carriage, the horses start whinnying and wickering as they're slightly worried. Um, They're not over the moon about all this. As you hear a voice from inside, as you hear Charles saying, What's that? Who's there? As you hear a man, you can clearly hear he's in a bath. He's clearly recovering from running like, 7.5 7.5 miles a day before, sprinting everywhere <laughs> from where Aristobulus uh, commanded him. As you hear him splash as he gets out of a bath on the first floor of the coach house, as you, you hear a man very rapidly trying to put a towel around himself as he's like, who's that down there? What's going on? We'll be back in a jiffy. Command, command. <laughs> command, right. Is this, is this your cue, Aristobulus? Yep, I'm getting there. I'm going to fucking two-foot it straight through the window. Into the uh, okay. driver's seat. Okay, make me an animal handling check. Why? Because it's a horse. <laughs> I thought I was getting that. Oops. I, I was picturing. It's not a Volvo estate, it's two horses <laughs> strapped to the front of the carriage. <laughs> Subaru and Pretzel parked up in the car. 
the horses aren't like like hooked up. It's just a carriage. <laughs> <and they're laughs> it's just <laughs> waving at the air. Oh fuck yeah! Fucking nineteen, baby. Nineteen. Yeah, I've got good animal handling um, for some reason. Good animal handling. At first, the horses are reticent as you see Aristobulus lean forward and just whisper something into the horse's ear and you see the horse perk up. Almost like, you know, when you ginger a horse, it kind of like sparks up and gets a bit of like vigor about it. As the horses burst off, the carriage jolting forward with a whip crack as all of your necks snap back with the velocity that the carriage sets off. As you see Charles burst out the front door with a towel held around him in one hand as gravel and dirt flick up off the road as he's showered and pelted in pebbles and and uh, gravel as he's like, oh, yeah, you bastard. <laughs> you bastard. Um, as you burn off into the distance <laughs> as you see Drone and the Bumblebee keeping um, keeping a close distance to you. As you see in the background, Charles says, towel falls off as he sprints behind you, bollock naked, waving his fist in the air with soap suds coming down him as you go past the front of the house now you see goblins are only just starting to repair the fountain and guard flower bed from where you arrived the day before <laughs> and completely trashed the front garden with the carriage um as aristobulus takes you back through the flower bed at the front mowing down the freshly rearranged flowers and hedge as goblins dive out of the way as you make your way down the driveway the bumblebee says, so, a subtle exit. It's a middle name. Yeah. What more do you want? <laughs> Poor George. <laughs> right, well, we'd better be off then, shall we? Follow me. As you spend, it's only five miles, it doesn't take you that long, um, trying to be subtle about what you do and taking back roads, you meander your way. Can I, um, while we're on a on his way to, uh, while we're on his way there, can I use this time to uh, apply some of the peyote to like five of my arrows just to make some like yeah, yeah. tranquilizer arrows <laughs> ready for if I need them? Yes. Um, it's a very delicate thing. So can you make me a sleight of hand check? Sure can. Uh, let's see. That's a nat one. That's a nat one. You're doing fine with the peyote. And then Aristobulus takes you over a rut as the wheels of the carriage go boom, like that, (laughs) as some splashes back and goes into your eye as you rub your eye and then you realise you've rubbed more peyote (laughs) into your eye. (laughs) As all of you look over now, Oh, no. Now, Maud, you're the first one who notices as you look up from your, um, you're just brushing out Marvin's hair, getting all the knots and kinks out of it. As you look up and you notice that Tatty's eyes are the size of dinner plates and there's just beads of sweat (laughs) fountaining down the front of his face. (laughs) I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And... What can I, what do I have to kind of subdue Tassin? Subdue? I'm fine, I'm fine. A blunt object. Not having a good time. Oh, 
Can I? I've got some luncheon meat. That'll do it. Can I interest you some luncheon meat? That will address the monkey's phase, and then when we get into the crisis phase, I, I have some luncheon meat and, uh, and my time. experience. Food is a great healer, so I would like to take the meat uh, out of my sweaty. Um, turban. You keep uh, lunch and meat in your turban. Where else? My my bag is full. My squirrel bag is full. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I've kept all of this meat about my person. I'd like to pull some lunch and bacon out from around myself, um, and I would like to place it in Tatty's hands. He doesn't know what it is. He probably thinks it's alive. I I think that you were growing it on your head when you take it out from your turban. I'm like, did you grow this from your from your head? If I was feeling it's your brain, what I would do is I'd take the piece of luncheon meat and I would put it on my face. Like oh eye. Jesus Christ! Remember when you did that with a gnome? You <laughs> sculpted a gnome and wore his face. Mm. Yeah. It was a long time ago, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a year ago. Good time. Um, Good times. Okay, times, baby. So Tatty, you're receiving some a cooling slice of. Well, it's not cooling, is it? It's at room temperature because it's been in a turban. You take room temperature luncheon meat. <laughs> I'm trying to save him. That's what it says in Grey's Anatomy. If a man be tripping balls, give him pork luncheon meat. Um. <laughs> Also, can I just say what a beautiful analogy this is to Uncle Mike paying for us to go for a kebab <laughs> for Mr. Oh, Neil. He's a thinker. As Chris Neil trips balls, someone gives him low-quality meat. Blasted off my tits, yeah. eating sweaty meat. Yeah. Uncle Mike, <laughs> yeah. this is the perfect storm. Okay, just to keep the storyline moving on, um, as you roll on further into the middle of the day all of you going about your various bits of preparation uh hanash you're looking at the stick of dynamite you now have looking at the wick and estimating how long it will give you once lit um aristobulus you're fully focusing on the horses in front uh having the time of your life this is a level of responsibility as part of you on your travel still thinks back to john t the mild man of masturbator and you feel like maybe you've made a difference in his life by by helping him strum. And um, Belsiar, you stand awkwardly still as a small gnome sitting next to you just constantly rubs his hand over your scales because it feels nice. Um, (laughs) As Tatty is just constantly stroking your scales. As after a while, Aristobulus, you see the bumblebee quietly signals you to leave the side of the road as you make your way through a thicket the carriage rolling through bushes and thickets between trees, almost where there is no path, but the bumblebee has discerned how to travel, pulling up to the edge of a clearing. She tells you to tie up the horses and the carriage to a tree as you make your way to the top of a ridge line with full of rocks. You sit at the edge and you look down, down onto the Stank Estate, the vineyards rolling till it meets the mansion house at the back in front of a roiling, rolling river and a bridge. As she's like, we have arrived. It is time to recce. We're going to have a quick drinks break there because it splits the episode down the middle nicely. Smoke if you got them. 
red wine if you don't. That's what they say. That's what they say. Right. Let's see how badly Trip and Balls Tatty is on the edge of a cliff. <laughs> yeah. We will be back here in a few minutes. Real nice time to be here. Tripping off my balls. <laughs> Um, right. Has everyone had a chance to refresh their drinks, stretch their legs, empty their bladder, huff on some peyote? You will feel them refreshed, renewed, and full of pith and vigor. Was it vim and vigor? Okay. As you all crouch on the edge of the cliff, or at least the, the, the bluff, as we'll call it, that overlooks the back of the manor, I will send you a picture of what you see. Because, you know, no no expense was spared whilst preparing for this episode. Um, this is what it looks like. There we go. And no, Mr. Rag, it's not 4K. It's only 3K. Yeah, no, I like the family tree. It's, it's nice. Thank you very much. My particular favourite is like an hour and a half before when I was born and made the family tree. For no discernible reason other than I thought it would be funny. Uh, so you can see, you can see the Stank Estate, you can see the vineyards, you can see the outhouses, you can see the actual estate house itself, the river. You are just off the bottom of the map, looking down. A quick question that only the DM yes. would know. Um, Enid Stark, is she around? Or do we Enid know? Stank? Yeah. I totally didn't base this on George R. R. Martin <laughs> and just... Um, Enid Stank, is she around? Well, I mean, Maybe. you wouldn't know. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, fair. Doesn't sure. I mean, you could, you could ask, you could ask the bumblebee. I would like to ask the bumblebee if Enid was around. Yeah. As you tug on the bumblebee sleeve, she turns around and looks at you. Um, she's smoking <laughs> a cigarette, and she does that really cool thing where she just flicks the butt of the cigarette off the edge of the cliff as it just twirls end over end. Landing in the tops of some pine trees <laughs> just a, beneath. There's a tiny explosion of something. Yeah, pine yeah. sap. <sighs> As she looks over at you, she's like, um, Enid, yes, she's a lady of leisure, um, far too abrasive and short-tempered to ever really take a lover, or at least sustain one. Um, she can often be seen riding around the estate, beating people. Whoa. She has a... I wasn't asking that. I just asked if she was in the around. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you have a problem with her lifestyle, Bumblebee. Is she around or is she around? <laughs> I want to put my, my finger to her lips, cut her off and be like, excuse me, I asked if she was around. I'll have you know I'm married to the big guy down there. So. <laughs> I, I look up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I thought so, we're like, hmm? <laughs> She looks at you, almost taking pity on you as you're filthy, your hair is matted, um, you've, like, you're just an absolute train wreck. You've still got something sticky on your hand from the other day as you're constantly rubbing it on the thigh <laughs> of your trousers, trying to get something sticky off yourself. Uh, as she's like, listen, this is not time for a social discourse. Enid can often be found riding around the grounds on a little pony beating the staff. Yes, she's around. But for now, 
Be careful. Tatty, you're just standing on the cliff edge, not a worry in the world. Standing, you know, if there was a do not cross this yellow line, like on a platform, you are dangerously over the edge of the line. As you just look up and you see up in the sky, which is warping and weaving to you, um, you see a ginormous seagull up in the sky as Tatty points and starts walking forward even closer to the edge, pointing up at a giant bird. He's so high. I feel that Marvin should be guarding him. So nobody is going to look after Tatty. Everyone just looks over at the sweating gnome. <laughs> well, did do any of us know it? We had to roll. <laughs> yes, he's standing in front of you. As t- okay. As you all look up into the sky, as something eclipses the front of the sun, flying across it, you look up and you see oh. a giant eagle um, with the head of a stag with razor-sharp horns on the front, flying high up in the air as Tatty giggles and points up at it, singing if something. I think, if I think it's a seagull, by the way, I'm going to say everyone hide your food. <laughs> everyone hide your food. You're all, you're all pretty close. You're all sort of tucked at the front of a little ledge. You're all within five or six feet of each other. Am I in touching distance of Tatty? Sure. Okay. I would like to just reach out and I'd like to pick Tatty up by the hood. Not like you do like a small toddler. Like, Which hood? I do have a, I do have like a cloak that has a hood on it, so it makes sense. I had to ask Lewis. <laughs> yes. Um, I'd like to pick him up <laughs> by the cloak, and I'd just like to just hold him at arm's length and just deposit him onto the back of Marvin. So that he's oh safe. my God, this is a first. He's safe. I, I look at Marvin to get consent, and Marvin just kind of rolls his eyes but understands that he's issue is now to look after the the eye ro- the eye rolling middle ground between yes and no where yeah. where this party lives. <laughs> is yeah. Marvin's head pointing towards the cliff edge or away from the cliff edge? His head is pointing away from the cliff edge. I'll kill your family. Okay, I make it like a loud noise so like Marvin runs off with time. <laughs> so you, you slap Marvin on the rump as Marvin giddies up. Marvin just giddies into between the pine trees as the what the wasp the bumblebee's like, everybody needs to get down now. This this periton will give us away. As all of you go to take cover in the low brush and scrub, uh, all of you watch as Tatty on the back of Marvin just doing figures of eight in the dust. I'm flying! <laughs> Belsiar, Barbara is just standing next to you with a pained look on her face. Barbara is aware that her master has made some dubious life choices. She doesn't fully subscribe to his abuse of peyote. It'll be okay, Barbara. We'll be back. Just you wait. Yeah, she's she's doing that like she's doing like a really low whine, like <laughs> just every now and again. Every now and again, it's not a major concern for her. What are you all doing as as you see the giant shape of the periton swing through the sky over the estate? Um, as it it's heading roughly towards you, as you all duck down into the bushes, as you just see Tatty doing little like figures of eight on the back of a goat. As this ginormous, like, 14-foot wingspan beast bears down on you from the skies. Can I ask the honey badger if 
uh, like how they're keeping this bird like theirs and if there's any ways to like kind of manipulate it like to kind of get on our side like if I just like gave it a ham sandwich would it then be like <laughs> some lunch and meat with some lunch and meat any, <laughs> any more lunch and meat in that turban <laughs> she she leans into you and she says she's like this isn't the pet store this is a mythical beast and a hungry one at that it will kill you dead instantly, snatching your corpse up, crunching you in its beak, and take you back to its mountaintop nest. No, I don't think we can give it pork luncheon meat. But imagine the joyride. That does sound pretty fun. Yes, if I was going to die, it would surely be that way. Can I attempt to... I'll do, I'll do it with disadvantage because I'm, because I'm blasted off my tits. Um, can I attempt to... Uh, get Marvin to, I don't know, stop, drop, and roll so that we can <laughs> be quiet. <laughs> um, yeah, make me an animal handling check. I'll do it at disadvantage because I'm because I'm high. That is a one. <laughs> <laughs> the other one, the other one, was, the other one was a two, so it wouldn't have been that much better. You got a natural one. I got a natural one. Oh Jesus Christ. Tatty. So for the rest of you, panicking, looking up at the giant, like, stag-headed eagle that's about 14-foot wingspan as it swoops around the grounds. You can see its shadow emblazoned on the ground as it gets ever closer, coming across the plain over the over the vineyards. As you look over at Tatty, who is hallucinating, um, that you just see him, like, swerving and bucking and weaving on the back of Marvin. You can't tell whether Marvin is enjoying this or not, but Tatty is bellowing yee-haw at the top of his voice. As we pan to Tatty's internal, Tatty thinks that he's on a bucking bronco, and Tatty, as you tip your cowboy hat and lean back in a saddle, you're bucked and kicked as you grip on tightly onto Marvin, holding on as tight as you can to the bull as it kicks and bucks. Uh, you lean forward and roll your arms around Marvin's neck and squeeze tightly as Marvin starts choking and, like, panicking. As all of you look over, as you're about to say, maybe somebody should come and look after that, as you just see Tatty and Marvin take a beeline off the edge of the cliff. <laughs> as both of them sail off the edge of the cliff. Never look back. I thought this was going to be, you know, like in Breaking Bad, where they watch the girl die. <laughs> because, like, you know, she's, she's ODing and he just, just watches. I thought this was going to be that way. <laughs> but he, he's, choking, he's choking the goat out, and we're all watching, hiding, and we can't do anything, as he just slowly just fucking puts him down. <laughs> fucking. Just like, you hide in the bush as you see a small gnome on the back of a goat with a patent puffer jacket and sequined booties as the terrified goat just hottails it off the edge of a cliff as you hear a small yeah off the edge of the cliff. As you all dash forward to have a look, you hear smashing and crashing as down below is a pine coppice as you... Tatty, I need you to make me a survival check. Just as is. <laughs> okay. I don't think your survival instincts get any better or worse for jumping off a cliff whether you're high. That's another, <laughs> that's another natural one. 
I'm not fucking kidding. Oh different dice. Different dice. Mr. Tati, if you murder my goat, I will come for your goats. I was about I was about to say I think that bit was a bit much. Like I no. wouldn't have choked him as I was going off the cliff. We definitely went off the cliff together, but just confirm the goat's <laughs> definitely dead, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, the goat has one hit one hit point. I can't do anything right now. I'm essentially letting AJ describe Can... what happens to my character while I'm high. Your corpse. Yeah. Can, can Velsia help? Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> can I fly off the cliff after them in the manner of a, a cartoon <laughs> what the animal? Fuck? So as you, in true Hollywood style, Belsia being the only one who sees what happens, you jump out the plane with no parachute on Belsia after them. What are you, what are you, what are you doing? Um, I've, I've got two spell, third level spell slots. I've got two uses of fly. I fly, I fly over to Marvin, I touch Marvin, Marvin flies. Everyone's saved. What about Tatty? Tatty is holding on to Marvin. Um, Marvin flies away with Tatty into the sunset. Okay. Hey, AK, shall I make another animal handling check with disadvantage? No, because you're going to kill Marvin if you keep this up. <laughs> Marvin, I mean, Marvin's chances of survival are... Right, Belsia, just give me a second to work that out. I need to cleanse um, these guys in the light of the new moon. There's three <laughs> natural ones. Do you know what? There's no other way... I love it. I love it. There's no other way. Just make me a pure dexterity check, Belsia. As you see them turf over the edge, Belsia... In a split second, forming a plan. Come on, we can do this. Um, that's another natural one. That's another one. Fuck off. You can't. Okay. This is how it happens Tati and Marvin go over the edge. All of you look as you hear a. Yeah! As they go down, you hear, you hear the sound of a heavy object smashing through leaves and branches. Um, as you see Belsia run and sprint and go and dive and throw himself off the edge as all of you hold your breath. Down below what we see, Tatty, um, you, Tatty, you take 19 points of damage. I just rolled for that. Smashing off branches um, and uh, smashing off branches, coming down like pinwheeling, cracking ribs off branches, slamming into the ground. Um, You're high at this point. You have no idea what's going on. In your mind, you've been kicked off a bucking bronco and you're lying on your back in the sand in the middle of the arena. Um, As a goat comes tumbling down, and splats onto the ground next to you, dying instantly. Uh, the goat only has one hit point. Um, and it's an immediate death. It's immediate death uh, for the goat, unfortunately, uh, as you've 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 gone many times over <laughs> his health limit, killing him instantly. Belsiar, you. Smash through the tree line as well. 
taking no. bloody hell i've just rolled two separate ni- taking 19 points of damage as well now the bad news is because you've rolled three consecutive ones belsiar you also land on top of tatty so both of you take the 19 points and then tatty you take we'll never know because i rolled it down the back of the worktop people hold on i'm gonna have to see what we got i feel high right now i feel like i've done peonies this is this is this is some proper D and D in this, isn't it? This is some proper D and D. My brain is wetting right now. This is, this is shitty fucking dice. A death. This is how this is how like people on D twenty describe it when they go into like full on flow state. This is this is perfect. My chaos god is going to be so happy with me. The <laughs> <laughs> chaos god is going to be like, so I was watching what Tati was doing. I've lost my dice down the back of the desk. So after the podcast, I'm going to have to find out. We'll never know what that was. But, um, Mine are here. Do you want them? It's okay. I'm going to have to roll uh, a different dice. I've just set a reminder to dig down the back of the bloody desk and find the dice later. There we go. Um, rolling another dice. So... Both of you separately take 19 points of damage. Tati, as you look over at the dead form of the goat next to you, Belsia, you crash down on top of Tati, uh, dealing him another 10 points of damage. So Tati, in total, you've taken 29 points of damage. Belsia, you've taken 19 points of damage. And Marvin is instantaneously dead. Tati just looks over at Marvin like, oh, who brought the strawberry surprise? (laughs) 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 You're you're, you're behind, there's a red mist there. This was the way he was always going to go. I'm so sorry, Marvin. It wasn't what any of us wanted. Um, I'm sorry, Maud. How did we get here? (laughs) Guys, let's go on a recce. (laughs) 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 Belsiar, you look left as you see... um, Marvin is splattered on the ground. His hooves pointing in so many different directions. He looks like it's a swastika. Not even a whole piece of meat. <laughs> His hooves are pointed out in different directions, like a swastika. As you feel a weird sensation on the back of your cheek, as you turn over, you see the crippled and broken form of Tatty has crawled over to you and is just <laughs> licking the side of your face because he's high. Um, as you both just lie there. In absolute fucking agony. <laughs> As you look up, Belsiar, you just see a clean set of faces peering over the edge of the cliff, wide-eyed, <laughs> looking down at you. As something wet hits you, Belsiar, you realise it's one of Maud's tears oh. that has rolled down her cheek and dropped off the cliff edge and has pitter-pattered on top of you. Can I do a perception check on what the, the, the <laughs> mythical beast is, is doing? <laughs> <laughs> May have alerted. I don't know. Wow, what a <laughs> <laughs> yes! You you can make you can make. Do a we perce- have homework? 
<laughs> you can make you can make a perception check. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, what's my motherfucker? Oh, I can get you a parachute up. Sorry. Uh, 19. 19. Not a one. Um, <laughs> as you look over oh, at the Periton, you see... It hears the smashing and cracking as the bodies fall through the top of the um, the top of the tree line as it goes to turn to come towards you as you hold your breath. As you see out of the corner of your eye on the side of the estate, something green making a run for the tree line as the periton turns in mid-flight as it's coming for Tati and Belsian. You see it swoop down and pick up a goblin that's trying to flee the estate. As it snatches it up and it's more, you see a crunching in its beak as the goblin form goes limp as the the giant beast flings the corpse up in the air and snatches it back up greedily, swallowing it whole as it goes and takes off, flying away from you. You rolled very lucky there. Sweet. Also, we we need to acknowledge Maud's grief. This has been a very difficult time for Maud. Yeah. That was her best friend. I th- I think I if we more than the back, but not hard enough to push her off the cliff. Just, <laughs> just a little, a little Usually, fun. we wouldn't need to say that, but today, just in case, I wouldn't have done that lightly. But you did roll oh. a majestic number wow. of natural ones. I didn't, I didn't even get a say in my own in my own <laughs> friends. Day. But what I would like to do, I was going to have him taxidermied, put some wheels on him and drag him along like a horse, but I can't even do that. There's not a whole piece of him. He's like dog meat. He's all all liquid now. I'm glad I don't have to burst that bubble. There's uh, there's mending cantrips. We can can put them back together. (laughs) I don't know, you know. There might be even too much for me. (laughs) (laughs) We just need to take a moment, listeners, because that was a very... This is the realest moment that's ever happened on Adventure is Anonymous. And it's the saddest, realest moment. And it would happen. Is this the first animal, the first familiar that's died? Oh, many. <laughs> no, the otters died, but that was pre stream. Um, Theolian died, which was in stream? Was in stream. Um, but, yeah. The um, otters as well. Oh, who can, like... who, who can forget? <laughs> yeah, this is the most poignant moment that's ever happened. And does, as much as as, mu- as does much Aristobulus, as does Aristobulus have revivify? I can't remember what level he is. No, I don't believe I do. I can do. I've got a plan for you two, but um, the goat mist is long gone. I think <laughs> <laughs> the goat is now undo you. <laughs> oh. I, I, I can see that. That um, he's left just one singular sparkly booty, just at the uh, just at the top of the cliff, just okay. as he went over. What has been done cannot be undone. The, yeah. the puffer jacket is the puffer jacket is long gone. Yeah, yeah. The puffer jacket acts as some kind of sail so that he, you know, slowed his demise. If anything, it it, it made it worse. There's feathers everywhere. <laughs> Red feathers. <laughs> Bounce um, down the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm dying. I'm physically dying. 
I, I'd like to take the sparkly booty and, you know, I'd just like to hold it mm-hmm. and remember my dear friend. Sad. I would also like to do a memorial um, to our good friend. I'd like to pull out the flu. <laughs> um, I think I think now's like a good time to really like send off a friend in a really strong way. You know, something that could really help. I'm scared of my dice. Mm, you should be. I'm I'm fully scared. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, baby, Maria. <laughs> Fucking call out. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> that was so fast you made that. He's had a name for months. He knew it was going to happen. <laughs> He was drunkly doing it on New Year's Eve. (laughs) As this goes on, as this goes on, Hanash, you once again look up. He told me this afternoon that you had animals, special animals in his podcast. (laughs) Lured me here under the provider. I. Let's be clear, I didn't kill Marvin. Fate killed Marvin, okay? <laughs> Fate killed Marvin. Like Marvin died. Meant Marvin turned into pink mist the moment he he had one health point. He was a he was a he was a casualty waiting to happen. Um, let's be sensitive to this moment, however, as Aristobulus is playing Ave Maria badly and out of key. Hanash, you look up and you see the head of the periton which is camped out on a tree a few hundred meters away its head snaps around at the screech of the fucking whistle <laughs> I, I i whisper shout guys be cool <laughs> belsiar just lifts his one non-broken arm off the dust and it's like sure we're, we're past cool <laughs> this is this is this is Insane this behavior. is fucking amazing. As as um, the bumblebee <laughs> leans in to you, Aristobulus, and is like, is it always like this? <laughs> I don't know why this person thinks I'm the narrator. I'll be like, look. <laughs> <laughs> look, you interrupted my shitty flu, and I will not answer any more of your questions. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> and then all the time... I'm going to turn around and say, Maud, can't you? I know you're in mourning, but um, can't you transform into something like fucking massive, like uh, an animal that could swoop us all down to our friends that are currently dying? Is that possible? So I can can only transform into something that I've seen or is in the vicinity of context. Oh, my God. Transform into one of that big fucker then. Yes. I transform into a peloton. (laughs) Not a peloton, it's a peloton. (laughs) A whole group of cyclists, and I'll just move on down. Um, You have to do the voice of a New New York (laughs) cycle instructor, though. Come on, guys. Uh, Yeah, I would like to turn into the female version of the birdie staggy thing. Obviously, I'm in mourning. 
So I'm going to be the black version. <laughs> um, right. And I'm, yeah, so I've still got the little sparkly booty and I've still got my squirrel bag. So, but I allow everybody to get, uh, how big am I? Uh, 14 foot wingspan. Okay. So I can only carry, what, one of them and then I have to, how many people One of them there? on my back. Uh, and nah. So I mean, Tati and Belsia are on the dust. So you would have to carry Hanash, the Bumblebee, Aristobulus, Barbara. That's it. Okay. So everybody who can gets on my back and then I'll carry the people who I can't get on my back on, in my claws. Okay. Um, just for the sake of no drama, I'll say you're a bird of flight. As you make your way down, carefully weaving through the um, tree line. I'm going to have to roll to see whether the other bird notices, I'm afraid. Fine. Which it really doesn't. My God, you're lucky. Uh, the other periton is busy snacking. Is the other periton trying to pick a, a goblin bone out of his... So, right. So I circle until I see... Who's down there? Tatty and... Uh, you see... Tati, you see, um, you see Belsia, and you see more. You well up as you see Marvin um, with his one of his hooves is pointing to Hong Kong, the other hoof is. <laughs> so I would like to circle, and I would like to land directly on Tati. The final act of vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, as you make your way down, all of you just giving Maud a little bit of space. As, she, she, as much as you can, climbed on her as she's as you all, down. You all clamber off her back. Uh, Tatty, you are out of it. As you, you struggling to move, every bone in your body aches as you look up as this feral beast growls in your face. As you, I landed on him. <laughs> as, Tati, as you, as you shirk backwards for fear of attack by a wild beast, what's actually happening is Barbara is licking your face in concern. Oh, Maud, what are you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm still a eagerly stag thing. You're, st- you're still the giant um, periton. Still, I'm still the periton. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to stay there because we may, now that we're at the bottom, we may need to get to the top. Okay. I'd like to pay my respects to Marvin, um, and then I feel that it's time to move on. Marvin is currently the consistency of Nduya sausage. Yeah. He's yeah. he is spread out thinly. Sausage pocket once again. Thank you for your time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of you gathered around <laughs> without being insensitive to Maud, who's clearly having a moment. Go on then. Can I do an investigation check for a path that leads down the, down the hill? I'm, I'm just imagining turning around and seeing a lovely, like, marked national trail. <laughs> yes, 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 you can You can do that. Uh, 
and nine. There's not really, like you said, this isn't the blue the the um, bluebell trail at the National Trust, uh, nor is it the Gruffalo <laughs> Walk. This is scrubland with trees out the back of an estate. As you you know, which way down is it's it's traversable by people. As you make your way down further, you come to what is the edge of the tree line, as you see in the distance. Um, the edge of the vineyard estate. You see there's a clearly delineated fence, and clearly the periton is trained to kill anything that runs over the fence line. So I, I'm describing my thought process here. I would like to make a roll to see if I can, to see if I can somehow, I don't know, improve my mental situation. But I'm also horrendously scared of my dice right now. If if you give me a roll to make, I will do it. Okay. Just give me a second. Um, Maybe like... I think it's... Maybe like a... Make me a constitution saving throw. I was just about to say that. Oh, I only get a plus one, but, you know, with a natural one, it, it won't matter. I would say it's a disadvantage because you've just fallen off a cliff <laughs> and you're high. <laughs> if there's ever a... You can have a disadvantage. Natural one. It's not a natural one. It is a 16. Boo. A 16. Can we grade, can we grade on a curve here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> can, can I just... No, that would be disrespectful to Maud. I'm not going to crack the joke I was going to crack. Um, about what would have happened if you'd cracked a natural one. You threw... You're still high... You're still in a lot of pain. Can we just qualify? How many health points have you got left? Like lots or few? Fifteen. Left? Fifteen. Okay, right. So, um, yeah, you are aching. You're hurting. You're in a, in a hell of a way. And some way through the mist, you can still, through the fog, you can still tell it's Barbara who's licking your face and showing concern, as much as you're not entirely sure what's going on. A certain degree of comfort comes comes through you can hear everyone sobbing and crying and you're not entirely sure why but the fact that barbara there's something just innately comforting about barbara oh is she actually like licking my face yeah barbara how did you get down there barbara came down with you oh um unless you want to wreck on it and barbara can jump off um (laughs) like (laughs) 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 <laughs> uh, right what 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 we all do hanash has discovered the edge of the tree line hanash you look out over the back of the vineyard and you can see small goblins with baskets picking up <laughs> grapes and piling them high and putting them on carts um you can also see there are um enforcers who are keeping the goblins working um Belsiar, what are you doing? Uh, I'm just rocking backwards and for- forwards, Peter Griffin style. How many hit points have you got left? No, no, no. He said Belsiar, not, not oh, Matt. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, I've got eight <laughs> hit points, so I'm pretty much at death's door. Because I've just come off a, a red pill, blue pill speedball, so that took off like half my health last week. Oh my God, yes! Jesus Christ! <laughs> You'd have had a long rest. Yeah, I was going to say you got a long rest last night, so you Oh, did got we? Quite yeah, a lot okay. Um, yeah, you had a hangover, long rest. 
I'll, I'll leave you to work the math of that out. But in essence, what are you doing is you peel yourself off the floor. It's not going to have hurt you any less to fall off a cliff and land on top um, of Patty. Um, forcing your broken bones through him. Um, yeah, I kind of do like a kung fu scope out the area from all angles in case anyone's immediately attacking us. Okay. Just leaning on tree to tree. Yeah. As you just heavily <laughs> leaning on trees as you make your way through. Just as you look back, a thin trickle of blood is coming out of your cloaca. As you pull a small twig, you pull a small fur twig out of your cloaca. Look at oh. it and just throw it on the ground next oh. to you. That doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel I good. mean, that whole scene just really bums me out. So I'm going to have to use Cure Wounds, I think, first on Belsia just to pull him back round. Because um, that's just that's just sad. <laughs> just the air kung fu just that bums everyone out. <laughs> poor, poor guy, you know. Um, if I use Cure Wounds on you, I'll do it um, on uh, level two. So I can do... If I use a spell slot two or higher, the healing increases by 1d8. Ooh. Oh, yeah, 2d8 plus 7 healing. Ooh. Nicely done. So if you want to roll that, or Matt, if you want to roll, if you uh, want to roll that. Yeah, Matt, yeah, I'm also scared. Find my, I understand. That's 2d8. I never get to use my d8. Yeah. Aristobulus, do you not have the shovel of reanimation? I, I do. Why? Just wondering. Marvin is a fucking mist. <laughs> Chunks are still raining down. Yeah. <laughs> Marvin's literally goat jam. Like I could bury him and we'll see what happens. At this point, bringing him back would be would be probably more offensive to him than just leaving him dead. I I feel that if he comes back now, he's gonna be I think shadow of his former guilty self is is He's literally going to be a zombie with the. Uh... Well, he's going to have to carry him at like this sentient thing in a bag. No, I can guarantee, pretty much guarantee it. So he's my shovel. He's definitely going to be a fucking. Oh one. god, Zom- zombie Marvin with a colostomy bag, <laughs> with a sequined colostomy bag. The cone of shame that he dogs at the back. <laughs> with a painted puffer colostomy bag. Um, right. Matt, did you did you roll how much health you got back? Yeah, I rolled a six, and is that plus seven? Yeah, plus seven. Yeah, so that's uh, thirteen back. Sick. Did I did I take nineteen damage in the first place? Yeah, because you took the same amount as me. Yeah. Well, in the, yeah. In so the, that's yeah. Nineteen minus thirteen is seven. Six. 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 Uh, <laughs> he really has knocked banged his I, head. I work I work mm. with maths for a living so <laughs> I've taken so I should be at 38 not too bad there you go okay. uh, there we go points. we worked it out right what are you all doing you've got a gnome which is high as a hippie on the third day of an open air festival you've got goat jam um, which you might want to take a moment to I don't know say some words over Aristobulus, I don't mean to be greedy, but I'd also love some healing if um, if the if the if the light of the Lord has been shed around. Yeah, I, I was getting round to you. you. My logic was your high, your highest fuck and not doing air kung fu and bumming everyone out. So I was going to let <laughs> leave you to last. 
I'll get round. I'll get round you next turn. As long as I'm on the list, I don't really care. You're on the list. He's just laying his greasy hands on you. Yeah, I'm just like I'm. I've just like crawled my way over to like the stump of a tree, and I'm I'm just like laid against it. Tati probably thinks this is where he fully dies. (laughs) You'll get that. Tati's like, I've had a long enough life. I'm I'm probably good. As you all look over, Tati is high, just fucking a knot. In a tree stump. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's not what's happening. He's just saying this to us, but I, well, all we're here is... Tatty drops his trousers as you just see a pack of deer startled as they all just rush. No. No. I'm actually, no. It's canon. It's can happen. Don't wreck on this. As a butterfly just slowly comes into shot and lands on his tip. <laughs> oh, it's pierced. <laughs> <laughs> like a sundial. Nope. Absolutely not. <laughs> sure, I may as well just cast it to you now, because you're going to get it whether I wait someone's turn or not. So do, is everyone, are you cool with that, DM? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This has been a very traumatic process, and we need to respect not only Maud and Chanel, but we also need to respect the listeners because this will not have been easy for them. Um, cast, cast what you got to cast, Mister. Uh, it's two d eight plus seven. Yeah. I like that out of context. You're going to get it whether you like it or not. Dino, <laughs> <laughs> listen to this week's episode. <laughs> That's a seven and a five plus seven, did you say? Okay. Cool. As Tati pulls up his trousers as the butterfly flutters off. Absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely not. We all saw it. Nope. (laughs) We all saw it. We all saw it. I was was fully waiting to die at this tree stump. I would have have let you die. I would have let you die unless you fucked the tree. Right now, the only way Catman Jones is dealing with his grief is by drawing you with your trowel down with a butterfly landing on you. <laughs> That's going on right now. I guarantee you, Catman Jones is supposed to be driving a forklift truck in like a warehouse, a and he's actually got some crayons and he's he's drawing. Absolutely, just not happen. Only in his imagination. Shout out to Catman Jones. Well, he's pretty. He's got a pretty good imagination. Um, <laughs> if you too want to get shouted out at a critical point during an episode, you should become a patron of this podcast. Crap. Right. Well, look, lots has happened. Nobody wanted this. I think we should just be sensitive to the moment here. There's been a lot of loss and a lot of grief. As all of you come together, we could push on at this point, but I feel... We may not get very far in the amount of time we've got left in this episode. We may get ourselves in more of a pickle. So whilst we're here, let's just discuss the fact that Hanash has seen the edge of the woods, can come back and tell you all, as you are now, through the the miracle of narrative, aware how to get to the clearing at the edge of the estate. You are aware of what is ahead and what you need to do. The rest of you... Before you move on, is there anything you would like to say or do to Mark Marvin? Fuck it, I'll bury him. I'd like to say something. 
Cool. Sorry, go on. Go on, Aristobulus. You go. Oh, no. I'll, would you like me to bury his um, his remains, his hooves? So, what I'd like to do is I'd like to ascertain just how much is left of Marvin. About three gallons. So, like, I know that he's pink mist, but... Maybe an animal handling um, <laughs> Could you make me... Sorry, I'm just having a think. Slight of hand. Me investigate. Shut up. Um, could you make me an investigation check? How am I supposed to sleep after this? This is the most serious this podcast has ever been, and I'm proud of us. We have range. A two. A two. I got a two. A two. Um, <laughs> as you you go forward to check what's left of Marvin, you realise you're partially standing in Marvin, as you have to back up a little bit. Um, Marvin um, exploded on impact, and you oh, get right. you get bits of him. You see a bit of um, he, yeah. You you gather up as much of Marvin as you can do. Um, it is a valid point that Marvin is so broken into pieces that it would be difficult. It would. Take I have a, a plan. Can I tell you my plan, and then sure. and then you can tell me with my one whether it'll fit. What I wanted to do. Was you know like Batman has like a mask that goes from here to here. Oh wow! Oh god! I wanted to make a little mask like of Marvin from here to here. Just the eyes. Like, and this is this is my origin story. Marvin dying is my origin story. Um, I mean, I'm not saying you can't logistically. It might be nicer if you let him dry out first. But yeah, is there enough of him? Sure, there's enough. There's enough of Marvin if you want to wear him like some. You're going to annoy Petter. Petter or the RSPCA are going to come after you for wearing fur. But um, yeah, I can't. I can't see why not. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, I was imagining the skull over your head. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The the kind of fur. From the skull. Wait. You see what I mean? Were we given like acid earlier today? Yeah. We refused it. Oh, you did ah, refuse it. You refused oh, it. You've just got a throwing star. I was thinking for um, cosmetic reasons. at this point, you feel something in the back of your thigh, which has been bugging you for a hot moment. As you look down, the, the, the throwing star is sticking out the top of your buttock. <laughs> as you yank it out, look down at it. So glad that you picked that and not the acid to land on. <laughs> yeah, I knew what As I was you put doing. it back into your pocket. Um, Maud, you go and gather up bits of Marvin in, in a quiet moment. Maud, it's at this point you look over and you just see Barbara is sitting to attention, looking forlornly at what is left of Marvin. Now, Barbara was close to Marvin, although Barbara never fully shared Marvin's affections towards her. They were close and they were friends, and there's a moment of sadness you see in Barbara's face. As even you look by on Barbara, you see Picato sitting on a tree stump and just a single buttery tear rolling down his cheek. I, I'd like to just take the battered, um, I, the battered half-skinned remains of Marvin and I'd like to just drag them behind me. I'd like to take some moments just on my own. Okay. As you take the bits of Marvin and just take a moment, I think everyone knows to give you just a little 
moment. As all of you stand there in the clearing, looking on respectfully at Maud, as she picks up the bits of Marvin, and she says her last words, that's where we're going to pause this week's can episode, I, unless Hanash has one more thing he wants to do. Can I do one, like, one thing to like, leave on? I think we get to do it and then not do it until, like, until like next time. As but, long as it's not light the dynamite. I'm all down here. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably worse. But, uh, so I look at this ground that's soaked in blood. I'm like, oh, I bet that's some new nutritious ground. And <laughs> but, I'm really on the chaos bandwagon now. So I'm going to put one of my magic beans ground and I think it'd be good to leave on that and see what happens. You've got episode. a list, do you not, by your magic beans of what they do? Yeah. Do you want to roll now or next week? Let's roll now and then we'll deal with the consequences next week. <laughs> like climbing a tree for dead mark. Do you need a, yeah. a, a D ten as well? Uh this is eight hundred. So I think I think that one's just the just like the um the ten digit and then this is like the the uh, right. digit. Uh, it's within tens anyway, so it's, oh, right. it's, okay. thing, but it's, it's a good week for dice. A one D six plus six shriekers sprout. <laughs> I don't that know what that means. It doesn't sound good. That's not good. <laughs> those, those are evil creatures. Pure dickhead. Genuinely, genuinely, I am so glad that this that this chaos is is now not just a one off episode thing. <laughs> just at the end of every episode, now we'll do something that will pay off so much in the next episode. Just for context, Maud, you pick up the bits of Marvin. You take a moment to say your respects and. Um, <laughs> To, to, to work out what's next for you as you walk off into a clearing. Behind you, you will see Hanash taking a moment to plant some magic beans in the ground. As Maud, you hear an unholy noise behind you and turn around as you see the beginnings of a mushroom exploding out of the ground where Marvin's blood once was as one, two, three large mushrooms Howling and screaming <laughs> burst out of the ground, the sentient mushrooms turning with an angry way about them. And that is where we're going to leave this week's episode. Wow. I, I was holding for a statue of my likeness. That <laughs> well done. That insults me, but tells everyone that I'm a dick. Before we just wrap this up, how many, how many shriekers were there? Well... What was it, like 1d6? 1d6 plus 6. You've got 11 shriekers. <laughs> That's quite a lot. Well, at least we know what we'll be doing next week. Fighting right. mushroom people. Fucking there we go. That's about all we can hope to achieve for one week. Well, this episode has been tinged in sadness, for sure. Um, we just want to say a massive thank you for joining us on this I don't know what to say, really. It is, <clears throat> it's a sad time and it's one that we should pay some respect to. Listeners, if you've made it this far, why not consider hitting that subscribe button and never missing yeah. another? You're right. Your life can only improve if you hit that subscribe button. Your friends won't die. Your closest pets won't be annihilated. Mm. If, yeah. you're, if, you're, if you're Peter or RSPCA, maybe don't subscribe. <laughs> 
<laughs> However, if you do want to do something in recognition of Marvin, perhaps the best way is by giving us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on. Maybe writing a little eulogy to Marvin would be um, the most fitting thing you could possibly do. If at all you've been affected by anything that's happened across the course of this episode, you can reach out to us across all the social medias. Uh, we're available on Facebook, Instagram, but mostly you can chat to us on Twitter at AdventurersANO number one. Um, that just leaves time for us to say a massive goodbye from all of us. It is a big goodbye from the big green man himself, Mr. Hanash. Chaos reigns. Goodbye. <laughs> it's a big goodbye from the everyone's famous woke millennial thirst trap, Mr. Chris Neal. I'm traumatized. Yeah, I'm traumatized too. Listen, I'm supposed to go to sleep after this. I don't. I... <laughs> um, it's, it's a massive goodbye from the musical bard himself, Mr. Lewis Budden. I think that was maybe the silliest thing we've done ever. Maybe it's definitely up there. I think it was pretty. I think it was pretty bad. In terms of like a full full set of everyone here, I think that could be top three, if not if not numero uno. This is why we can never be in the same place at the same time. Yeah, mm. it's like a doppelganger. Dies. If we all get together, something dies. <laughs> <laughs> it's a massive goodbye from uh, the almost crocoborn saviour, Mister Matt Durant. I did did my part, and I did it poorly. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it's a goodbye from Maud Chanel. Goodbye. Oh. <laughs> this is worse than Diana. That got under my ribs so much. Yeah. <laughs> We're all off to have a cry and regroup. Gonna go listen to some Johnny Cash. Not to go off topic, but who's got the Diana obsession? Is it AJ? It is, yes. Yeah. Yeah. What what hurts you more, the death of Princess Diana or the death of Marvin? Um this is probably the most traumatic thing that's happened to me since I accidentally <laughs> zipped myself up in my flies circa twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Yeah, the last time I zipped myself up in my flies was twenty twelve, and this is definitely on a par with the, <laughs> with the wow. grief. Um wow. yeah. It wasn't the going up. It wasn't much like this. It wasn't the going up that hurt. It was the coming back down again. Yeah. On the Diana scale, more or less. And why is it more? Um, The difference is I don't think we're going to get a bank holiday for this. We Um, should, though. Maud might. (laughs) Why not? We should. Maybe we should. Talk to our local MP. Right. Listeners, we're all off to console our grief. We hope we'll see you back here next week. Happy adventuring, my friends. And remember, we love you, Marvin. Stay tips. Stay stay tips. tips. Remember, Marvin. Don't do peyote. Don't do peyote. Don't do peyote. It's bad. Drink to Marvin. I, I, I'm looking forward to a couple of weeks' time when we, the two of us that are still living covered in goat, goat gore stumble out of the forest to, to the enslaved workers and we're like, we're here to help you. Matt, would you like to sing us out? <laughs> Adventurers! <laughs> Anonymous! <laughs> wow. Goodbye, listeners. <laughs>